Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler. I lead Faith Christian Center right here in Austell, Georgia. Thank you for tuning in today. I believe today's message is going to equip you and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. As you listen, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up to the message, apply it, and I'll talk to you after today's message. Turn with me in your Bible to Romans. That's Romans 10. Praise God. Romans 10, chapter 10, verse 9. Praise God. Are you there? Some of you are. I'm not there. I'm in Acts. <laughs> I was in Acts chapter 10. But... Okay. I'm going to read verse 8. But what says it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, the word confess in this passage of scripture means to acknowledge. And the word mouth means to use your mouth to use your mouth as a weapon. And we all know how to use our mouth as a weapon. But we've been using it in the wrong fashion. You don't use your mouth against people. You use your mouth against the devil. And you speak the word of God to rebuke those things, those circumstances and the things that are coming in your life. So we're supposed to be using our word, our words of our mouth, using our word as a weapon against the circumstances and against the things that's, uh, that Satan is um, putting the um, attacking us with. Amen. So turn with me real quick to Genesis one because I believe this passage is uh, it's not just the creation of the world; it is also God showing us how to use our words. Amen? So I'm going to read, uh, I'm not going to read all of Genesis. I'm just going to read a couple of um, things. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth, and the earth without, was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the earth. So that means there was nothing. There it was nothing but darkness. And the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And then talks about God saw the light, and it was good. And then he divided the light, made night and day. And then, God, um, and then in verse 6, God said, let there be firmament in the midst of the waters. And verse 9, God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together. And verse 11, God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind. Who see this in itself. Verse 14, God said, Let the lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Verse 20, God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that has life, and the fowl that may fly. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters. And then in verse 26, God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish. Over the fowl, other words, 
God, after he made the earth, he created man, and then he said man was to have dominion over everything he made up to the point where he made man. So we're not to have dominion over each other. We're supposed to have dominion over the creatures and all the things that God has created. Now, what we need to, under, what we need to understand is when God created man, he created him brilliantly. He created him, he was brilliant. How many of you could have named all the animals? Or the trees? So when God created Adam, Adam didn't have to go to school. All he had to do was keep, keep uh, stay before God. And God put in him the ability to, to name these animals and, and so forth. So what God showed us was how to create our world. I have anything that, that anything around me that's, that concerns me, around my house, around my church, and as you get stronger in your dominion, around your city, your state, your country, because it grows. I can control with my mouth by what I say. But the key thing is that what you say got to be what God says about it. So I have to go back to the word to find out what God says about it. And then I have to say it. And you have to confess, acknowledge God, and you have to believe him that you know he's all-powerful and he's made you in his image and he's given you everything that you need to do to be able to create your world. Now, I, my spiritual father, Dad Hagen, told us one time, well, not one time, but many times, that, you know, because we have dominion over storms, we can do just what Jesus said or what he did, peace be still to the wind, and we can do it. But one of the things that Dad Hagen told us, he said, the people that live in that area have no more dominion than you do. So the closer they are, the more dominion they have over that. So then what happens is when the church stands up and say, um, this past hurricane will not hit the coast of Florida. And it didn't. But we went further to say it would die in the sea. It, it did, but it hit, it really didn't hit, but it got the effects of it hit some of the other eastern um, shorelines. But what I want you to know is that when uh, Kenneth Copeland was at our church when that declaration was made and we, start, we put our faith on that, and his believers in Florida, his followers, his um, partners was, were watching the um, broadcast, or they were even some of them were even in the congregation. So they were saying what he, they heard Kenneth Copeland say. But when you're in an area like that, sometimes you hear people, you have people that are saying what they hear the media say, the weather reports, the hurricane's coming, this is coming, and whatever. And sometimes the church looks at that and decides, well, God didn't hear my prayer. No, it could have been worse. We could have had happened to Florida what happened in the Bahamas. So we can't always stop it, but we can, all, we can definitely have some influence on it. And the reason why we can't stop it is because we, have, we use our words 
just because we use our words doesn't mean the people that live there, their words don't count. So if they don't say, change your direction, you're not hitting my town or you're not hitting my city or whatever the case like that, but they say, the hurricane's coming, I'm just going to buy boards, board up, and do all that stuff. They're in agreement with Satan. And so they are, they're agreeing with the storm, with Satan, with, because God doesn't come, you know, they call it the act of God, or um, they call it uh, the nature, the act of God, or whatever, and it isn't. It's an act of God when we control it. But it's the act of devil who is the small case G of this world. But we, the church, we have the victory. Yes, Jesus has the victory, but we are the body of him. So we are attached to him. We have victory too. And we need to use our victory for what God intended for us to use it. So many of us are just so self-centered that we just want our stuff taken care of. I can care less about anybody else. We cannot be like that because that is not like God. And God made us in his image and his likeness. And so we are supposed to do what he does. We're supposed to follow his example, even to the effect, the Bible tells us in John 3.16, for God so loved, he so loved, he didn't just say for God loved the world. God so loved the world that he put some action to it. He sent his only begotten son, his only son. He sent him to live on this earth to show us how to live, to die for our sins, go down to hell, take the authority back from the devil so he could give it to his body, and then come back to let see his people see him. See, this is what I was talking about when I said that I'm going to conquer the grave, that I'm not going to stay there. But he went up to sit with Jesus after that, and he left it for us. So we're not doing our part. Because the same miracles that we saw Jesus do, and that we see him that he did, we should be able to do. But we have to put our life in our life. We have to put our lives in his hand totally. We have to we just have to tell God. I'm yours. Whatever you want me to do, I'm doing it. Because we belong to him. He's done so much for us. And he's still doing for us. Now a lot of times what happens with us is we don't see um, the things that we need to see in our lives that the Bible promises us. But you know why? The problem is not with God. See, Jesus and God have, has already done everything they can possibly do for us. Now, we have to line ourselves up with the word of God. Line ourselves up with what God says and, what, and become the body of Christ that God has called us to be. We have to find out what God wants from us. We got to get rid of hate. We got to get rid of hate. We have to start we have to get to the, we have to get over 
Now, I'm not saying there ain't no racism out here and whatever, but what could racism do to you? You have the power of God in you. Is that really going to stop you? We always have racist people. You're going to always have racist people on earth. They're going to always be here. I don't care what you do. You can march until you don't have no feet. They're going to always be racist people. But see, Satan got us so mixed up, tied up, all this stuff, that people are racist and they don't like you. Who cares? I don't. Bishop did a sermon the other day, and you all, if you don't have a tape, you need to go get it. He did a sermon, not the other day, it was probably a couple months ago, and it was, who cares? That was the title of the sermons. Because we're caring for all this stuff that we already have the victory over, and because we are allowing the devil to distract us from the fact that we already have the victory, we can't walk in victory. Instead of doing the things that we need to do. See, this is what the Bible talks about when the Bible says that we are the light of the world. And when we allow the devil to dictate to us that, yeah, I know that God is the creator of life. But, you know, women have a choice. Then what you have just did is disagree with God. What you have just told us is that, God, you're old-fashioned and out of date. That's what you just told God. So what you have to do is every single one of us, and I'm saying every single one of us, because all of us, we just talked about this, all of us are growing. So we all have areas in our lives where we need to get back on our knees, get before God, and ask God to show me what I need to work on next. I'm just thankful that he don't show me everything at one time, because that would be totally overwhelming. But we have to continually work on ourselves. If we don't, you're going to have to get it correct at one point. Now, it depends on whether you want to spend your three and a half years or whatever, how many years it is when you get to heaven um, in class, or if you want to spend it at the uh, throne of God. You have to make that decision. But, uh, you know, you just have to, you might as well do it now, because if you do it now, then you can have uh, all the all the riches, all the good that he's promised us, all that stuff now while you're on this earth. You don't have to wait. I mean, if you want to wait, you can wait. We know it's there in heaven. But he promised it to us down here. But in order to get the, the promises of God and receive everything that God has promised for you, you have to do what he told you to do. Okay, so let me give you an example. When my kids were young, and I had told them, and even with my grandchildren, if I tell them, I said, you know, put all your toys, okay, we can go get some ice cream if you put all your toys away. Now, if I go and find toys under the couch, under the bed, in the kitchen cabinets and stuff, is that putting your toys away? No, because they know that's not where they belong. So guess what? We not getting no ice cream. That's the way with God. I want to take you to get ice cream. But if you don't do what I told you to do, that door is closed until you do it. 
You have to do what God tells you to do. But even the blessings of God comes along with your growth. As you grow, more blessings are available to you. As you just sit there and do nothing, you just come to church because it's the right thing to do. And then we go back and we just do what we're going to do all week. And then we come back. Well, I came to church, God. That should be enough. That ain't enough. You got to come to church to learn what to make sure that you do to get yourself prepared to go to the next step. Now, one of the things that we need to do is we don't need to get up on the offense. You know, I know some of the things that I'm, I'm saying and I probably will say later is could hurt your feelings. Get over it. Just get over it. You can't grow without the word of God offending you. You know, I had an instance where somebody came to me and they, they were very upset because they said the bishop was preaching at them. <laughs> and I was like, I'm thinking in my head, bishop didn't call your name. You know, there's multiple people that feel that way at any service. Probably the majority of the congregation. <laughs> but they were offended. And then they went on to say, I've had at least 10 to 15 people come to me and say, why was Bishop talking about you? Why was he preaching to you? So I said, out of my mouth, I said, Bishop wasn't preaching about you. And so I went on and had a conversation with this person and whatever and told him a Bishop wouldn't talk. You know, when I got back, home and got on my own the Holy Spirit told to me don't you ever do that no more and I said well what I said don't you he, he said don't you tell people I was, was whether or not I was talking to them I, I repented real quick because I don't, I don't know who God's talking to and just because you don't know God's talking to you don't mean he wasn't talking to you. If you even think he was talking to you, you better perk up your ears and listen. Because the only reason God talks to us is because he loves us. He don't have, he don't have, to, have, he don't have to deal with us. What, what, you know what? We get offended, we get upset when somebody in our family or close to us goes out and go have dinner with one of our enemies say we have an enemy. We have a real hard time with that, right, don't we? How many of us, be honest, that we have a time with that? Don't, let's not be spiritual. Let's just be honest right now. Because we know that we're not supposed to have a problem with that at all, but we do. We got we to gotta talk to God about that. How do you think God thinks or feels about us listening to the devil all the time? Listen to me. This fool was already in perfection. He was already in heaven. I'm not talking about the devil, right? He was already up there with God. He was leading the choir. First of all, he wasn't nothing but a choir director. And he said, 
want to be, listen to what he said. I want to be like the most high God. Now, some of you all heard this last night, but he said, I want to be like the most high God. Now, he was not listening to his own words. Because if he was listening to his own words, he would have said, heard himself say, most high God. That right there should have set his behind down. How are you going to be like the most high God? You already know he the most high. So what, you going to be the most, most high? He's an idiot and he's a liar. Stop listening to him. Stop. Just stop it. Don't listen to him. Don't run with him. See, a lot of us don't experience the victory and all the blessings have for us because instead of putting and keeping the devil under your foot, you're down in the dirt with him. Helping him harm the body of Christ. Because you got your mouth on people you don't know nothing about. Just because somebody else said they did something. We don't even do our own research. You can't believe everything people say. You can't believe the media. You can't believe some of these politicians. Most of these politicians all the time. Because <laughs> you know how people talk to you? They talk to you based on what they think. Both based on what their interpretation is. Your interpretation could be totally different. Your interpretation should be this. This should be your interpretation. If God says it, that settles it. We have to come to the point where our whole being is not if God says it, that settles it. So I'll believe it. Or I believe it and that settles it. It should be, because it doesn't make no difference if you, if you believe it or not. It's still settled. So our whole being should be God said it, that settles it. Who cares if you believe it? The believing will come. But you have to realize and settle the word of God in your heart once and for all. If he said it, that settles it. Everything else is going to come. That's how you use your mouth. When people tell you, well, you, this is such and such and this is whatever, and I should, you know, it's a woman's right to decide to have an abortion or whatever. It's a woman's right whether she decides to kill her baby or her fetus, whatever they want to come, call it. Well, now they know for sure the latest scientific medical research is the heartbeat can be uh, heard in two weeks. That's the latest that I, I know of or my research. Two weeks, they can detect a heartbeat. That's a person. Your choice is over what you do. Your choice is not over controlling another person's life, whether they, who made you judge? Whether they live or die. Do you know how many blessings have been held up in your life 
because you disagree with God? Because you decided, because you had somebody in your family who said that they were created as a homosexual, that your sympathy just went out to them when you decided, okay, well, maybe that's all. The Bible says he created male and female. We, what we need to be doing is taking our mouth and using our mouth to come against that spirit. That person needs help. They need your prayer, not your sympathy. Your sympathy your sympathy's not doing nothing for them. They need you to take control of that spirit that is in them and cast it out. You are the light around that person. And if they tell you that, use your light. The only reason they came and told you because of their light. They saw your light. Help them. Speak the word over there and give them the word every time. You ain't got to, you ain't got to tell them God created male and, male and female every time you see it. You confess the word over there. I believe that you will find out exactly who you are. And I can take you to the man that will help you do that. And lead them to Christ. And then stick with them. Because they have all kind of people against them. See, we're using our words for the, we're using our words to bless me. I want to bless me. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should call on him shall be saved. Right? What I want you to realize, that we are the body of that son. We should be giving still now of ourselves sharing the love of God shining the light so bright so that people can come to us they'll know when they come they're going to get what they need because everywhere else around them is dark nobody likes the darkness well let me just make one correction I have a grandson who likes the darkness uh, he's just it's not really a light he just don't have no fear the reason I say that is I have a pantry that when you close the door, it goes dark. He always goes in that pantry and closes the door. <laughs> and we sit there and wait for him and to cry or come out, and he's closed up. Now, I don't know if he memorized where things are, and he's in there eating everything up, <laughs> but he likes the darkness. Or if the light in his life is just shining and showing where, him where things is. But nobody otherwise, they don't like the dark. When the lights go out, what's the first thing you reach for? The light. Either the light switch to say that, well, something, battery, power, um, flashlight, a candle, because you want the light. And people need the light. But they can't get, your, get you to give them anything when they come or tell them where to go. Or oh, some of us do tell them where to go and we tell them the wrong thing. But we can all, you can always help people. You know, when I first started doing this, and one of the things that I would say to the congregation or, or to my classes or whatever, you know, if you ask me a question and I don't know, know the answer of it, I promise you I will get it for you and get it to, to you. That's what we should be about concerning anybody. Any, anything anyone comes to us about is I'm going to find out what the answer for that is. 
And then not only will I give it to you, but I'm going to show you what I did to find out so that you can, next time, you can find out on your own. Because a lot of people just don't know how to do things. I know when, I, when we first got married, I was the go-to person in my family. Now, the go-to person in my family is whenever anybody had a problem, they called me. So, you know, um, this is, you know what, this is not the title of my message. Um, when I tell you the title of my message, then you're going to laugh. But, <laughs> but, so they will always call me. So one time my husband said, why, why are you doing all this stuff? Or why are you spending all this time dealing with people? And I said, well, they, they just needed to know whatever. And uh, so I answered or did whatever I could to do it. And he said, did they call anybody else? And I said, no. So he said, well, why don't you just ask them to start this call? Who asked them, did you call anybody else? Because the I'm the only person they call her. They're not doing anything. It's just like that commercial on TV when a person walks up to their neighbor and says, do you know how I can use to do this? Yeah, would you do the background check and do all that stuff? Well, I was that person. I remember my sister called me and she asked me something. Asked me some information. It was what, a long time ago, so I don't even know what it was anymore. And I asked her, I said, who else did you call? She said, nobody. So I told her, all right, well, you need to call this person and, and call this, that person and whatever, you, the different people that I would have called. You would do it. So she did. So the word got around and they started calling around and, until my dad got sick. Well, my mother got sick, but it really, well, it was when my mama and now and dad got sick. Because when my mother got sick, my mom, her arms were big, big so the blood pressure cuff and the, the blood taking and all that stuff, she couldn't deal with. So I remember one time my sister called me. My, she called me from the hospital, and she said, all oh, spiritual, I'm just praying that they'll be successful in drawing this blood. I said, girl, if you don't tell them to get out the room and send the best person they got in here, I'm coming. So she said, I could do, we paying the bill. They're going to do whatever you tell them to do. Tell them to send their best person. We used to call it vampire. The first vampire, that, for best vampire they got to draw blood. Because it was very uncomfortable for her. Why are you letting them hurt mama? So you just have to tell them you know, what, to, what to do. But sometimes you just have to, have to tell them, like I would have to tell them, you know, call this doctor, tell them you want this test done, tell them you want that test done. Make a demand. And I learned for sure, and this is just medical um, stuff, I learned that the older your parent gets, the less they'll do for the parent unless you put your feet down and demand it. We need to realize how awesome God is. We sing these beautiful songs. But we can tell how you leave that you didn't really believe what you saw. I was in my car the other day and it's a song I actually, because how I many of you know Frank, uh, Kirk Franklin usually plays the same song over and over and over and over and over again. So this song I had heard many times, but this day the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. Listen to these words. Now this is an old song, and for us older song, saints, we will recognize um, 
he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. But this is Tasha Cobbs, I think that's her name, where she talks about he knows my name. And he walks with me and he talks, so it's a remix. He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. And she goes on and has more uh, verses about the victory and the, uh, the conquering and how he delivers us and saves us and whatever. And I'm like, we just, for instance, if you all stood up in here right now and said, you ain't telling us nothing new, we don't care, we're walking out, guess what, I'm going to holler at you. He knows my name. <laughs> I ain't getting upset because he knows my name. And because he knows my name, it doesn't matter what you do. See, we're not responsible for how you react for the word, to the word of God. We're only responsible as ministers to make sure that you get the word of God. It's your responsibility to put the word of God to life, to work in your life. What we're trying to get over to and why it hurts us sometimes, and we're getting over that, because our responsibility just to obey, is to obey God and not to just get mad every time somebody leaves the church. That's, not, that's between you and God. You want to walk away from where God sent you? That's you. That's on you. That's not on, that's not on Pastor Carrick. Not saying any of y'all going to leave. Because y'all not. Because y'all not stupid. Because if God can tell you where to go, he can tell you when to leave. And our God is not daffy like that. When he sends you somewhere, he's going to send you. He might move the person that's in your way. And it's actually him, not, not him moving it. It's the person that's doing it. They got out the will of God, not doing the things that God told them to do. But when God sends you somewhere, you stay put. You don't let other people's mouths and what other people are saying on Facebook determine what you're going to do or what God has told you to do. That God changed his mind. When people tell me that God has changed his mind, you know what it tells me? They don't know the word of God. Because the Bible says God is, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he would already thought everything through already. Once he said it, that's the way it's going to be. So when you, when you decide that he changed his mind, you just tell him on yourself. That's all you're doing. Okay, the title of my message. <laughs> this is the title of my message. Stir up the gift. Every single thing that God has given you is a gift. The Bible tells us in Romans 11 to 29, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. The, the strong definition of gifts is gratuity, deliverance from danger or passion, and uh, for calling is invitation. So he invites you, he calls you, he invites you, and that's what it is. He's inviting us to take the blessings that he has provided for us. A lot of us just don't take it. That don't mean the blessings ain't there. Just because somebody that you think are living totally spiritually, don't 
received all the benefits that they should receive don't mean that you should say, well, maybe it's just not for this day. It is for this day. You have to receive it. Sometimes you even have to just, let me stop saying, you have to take it. You have to be aggressive. You know when the Bible tells us that, that the violent take it by force, you have to take it. You have to call it into being. You have to speak to the circumstances and take what God has already provided for you. You have to be aggressive with it. Now, um, so the Bible tells us that the gifts and callings of God are, are our repentance. Romans 6, 26 says internal life is the gift of God. First Timothy talks about the gift of God. It's Holy Ghost fire. He is he's to be stirred up. I'm getting ahead of myself, so I'll hold on to that. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 3, 7, and 4, 7 says grace is the gift of God. Ecclesiastics 3.13 and 5.19 says the ability to work and enjoy the fruit of your labor is the gift of God. Ephesians 5.8 says the light is a gift. The Bible tells us willing is a gift, or wisdom is a gift, healing is a gift, favor is a gift, etc., etc., etc. Anything that God provides to you is a gift of God. Now, the Lord spoke to me maybe about, I guess it's been about two, maybe three years ago now. When I was two years old, I had, um, I was on my deathbed as a two-year-old. And I never, it never even crossed my mind to ask my parents what was wrong with me. And after God said what he said, I went to my sister, uh, my older sister who was four when I was born. And my parents told her that I was her baby doll. So she knew everything about me. Uh, so, but the, this is what the Holy Ghost said to me. He said that same anointing, I went to an AALA meeting and uh, he laid hands on me and I was, I was healed. So the Lord said to me, that same anointing that got you off your healing bed, um, off your deathbed, when you were two, it's still in you. It's still there. So when she said that to me, I knew what that meant, that the gift of God was there. He said to me, your, it is your responsibility to stir it up. See, we wait to get to church when the pastor had laid hands on us and whatever. You don't, you don't have to stay in pain. You can, how many of you, let's, let me just, before I go any further, how many of you have ever been healed in your life? Stand up. almost everybody in here. I'm not going to say if the devil attacks you because he's an idiot. He, he will attack you. When the devil attacks you, the best thing is just to keep it stirred up. But when the devil attacks you, you need to stir up that gift. You can stir it up by your confession. You can stir it up there's multiple ways, but you can stir it up by praying in tongues. I think praying in tongues and your confession are the fastest way to stir it up. That's what I believe. That that's the fastest way to, and I want you standing up because I need you to pay attention to that. 
when he attacks you or when he attacks a loved one, what you need to do is stir that gift up in you and usually because they attach to you, they know something about the word and they've probably been healed of themselves again, themselves, you teach them how to stir it up. You teach them how to pray in tongues. Some of them you might have to minister to the Holy Spirit too. Um, and teach him how to pray in tongues and whatever uh, and, and confess the word over their lives. Just keep that gift stirred up. So when I went back and asked my sister what was wrong with me when I was two, she told me I couldn't keep nothing down. Yeah, of course I was dying. You, don't, you can't keep nothing down. Water, milk, food. You're going to die unless something happens. I just thank God my parents had the wisdom to go take me somewhere where, you know, they did not have knowledge to do it themselves. So they took me somewhere where I can receive the anointing of God on my life. But he told me that gift is still there. Not just for me, but for the world. God never gives you a gift just for yourself. You'll benefit from it, but others are supposed to benefit from it too. See, a lot of us have just been too selfish with what God has given us. And because we don't, you, if you're not activating what he's already give you, given you, you're not going to get anything else from you. It's like if you, if you were in the eighth grade and you didn't activate the knowledge you got in the eighth grade, guess what? They weren't supposed to pass you to ninth grade. It was, it's the same way. You're not going to get to the next thing. If, you're not going to the next level if you refuse to move from the level you're on. One of the, you, can sit, you can be seated. One of the things, the ways I, um, and this is just not for regular, uh, just Christians, just even for the ministry. One of the things I taught in, in ministry school to um, the ministers is learning how to call, follow your calling, not your passion. And one of the biggest things they had was, but I'm supposed to be passionate about what God has called me to do. I said, yes, you are. But you're never to let that passion overrule him trying to get you to the next step. So we actually need to pray in tongues every day. It's our strength, but it's also the time where the Holy Spirit can talk to us the most and get us to do what we need to do in order to get to the next level. It, it shouldn't take you a whole year to get to the next level. It shouldn't. It shouldn't take you a whole year. You aren't in grade school no more. You, are, you should have learned, caught on to the learning curve and just gone from there. Especially where the things of God is concerned. And, that, and one of the reasons why it takes us so long is because we don't, we don't look at God's word as the truth. Whatever the, whatever the devil attacks you with, your body, your circumstances, those are just facts and the natural. Whatever the devil attacks you with, in the natural, it's just a fact. But there's only one thing that can change a fact. That's the truth. The truth of the word of God will change whatever the facts may be. 
so no don't run around talking about what the doctor said so and so and whatever so I only got this long to live that's a fact that is not the truth unless you say it's the truth this is the truth this is the truth of God God doesn't want us to be feeble if he could do it for Israel he could do it for us because he's not a respecter of persons It don't matter how old you get. I've, I've heard um, Kenneth Copeland in the last year he's been making a statement that on such and such a day when he's 120 years old he's going to see Jesus because God asked him to show the world the body of Christ that somebody can be obedient and live 120 years. Listen. Kenneth Copeland, how old is Kenneth Copeland? He's 80-something. He's that man is so strong. How can an 80-something-year-old man stand up and preach for three hours? After singing. He's singing at least two songs before he ministers. Listen. If I had song worship, did worship and praise for you all, I would not have a voice. Because my voice is really, anyway, it's very delicate. It, even though it don't sound delicate, but <laughs> it's delicate where it's, if I use it too much, and those who know me here can hear my voice that is threatening to shut down. But in Jesus' name, that's not going to happen. Not until I get out or that clock says I got to sit down. <laughs> so he is so strong. He can do a plank for at least 10 minutes. And he working on longer. I said, why? I was told to do a plank for two minutes. I'm like, y'all crazy. Why? I would rather watch a, a, somebody else do a plank. That man is so strong because not only did he take God at his word, he, took, he went and got what he needed to do. He got a trainer to do whatever he needed to do so that he was able to do what God told him to do. That's our responsibility. That's why we can't just eat anything because we like how it tastes. Because the devil will make sure that somebody offers you something that you shouldn't eat. Because he don't want you around. He wants you out of here so that you don't threaten his so-called kingdom. And yes, and for those of you who believe in global warming, it's scriptural. Hell's heating up. But me not being on a plane or driving my car is not going to stop that. This earth ain't going nowhere until God said it's going. So yeah, I believe the word of God fought fully what he says. But we, and we have to make it, you got, we have to get back in the word. And it's so simple now because you got computers. You can just look up a word, search it, and they'll tell you where to go in scripture to find out everything you need to know about life, about death, about any, any subject 
everything that we need to know is in the word of God. And it's so easy to do, to do your own research. You can do it in the bathroom. You know, I had somebody tell me years and years ago, don't talk to God while you're in the bathroom. I'm like, and I believed it for a little bit, and then I was like, wait a minute. God knows everything there is to know about me. Whether or not he sees me in the bathroom or not, don't make no difference. He already knows. He knows where everything is because he put it there. It's disrespectful to speak to God in the bathroom. God don't care where you are when you speak to him. You better speak to him in the bathroom if somebody trying to break that door down and kill you. You better speak to him wherever you are. Don't let nobody, and see, that's what happens in the church world. People tell us where and when we can do what we need to do as far as talking to God. And what it is is only distractions that Satan has sent across our path to stop us from being uh, diligent in the things that we should be diligent in. You know, everybody's talking about pray, 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 hour, prayer. You know what? Prayer is communication with God. And you should spend as much time communicating with God as you possibly can. My mama, she had, I had, uh, she had 12 kids. There is no way in the world she can carve an hour out. She talked to the Lord all day long. She's spanking us, and then she immediately goes right back talking to God. She's talking to him all day long. You can, communi- you can communicate with God all day, day, all day long. The other only part of that is you got to let him communicate with you. You have to be open to hear what he says and obey him. Because he's never going to, to go to the next step with you until you do the step he's already told you. I don't like what he told me to do, so what you, what's next? There is no next. What's next? There is no next. Not until you do what he told you to do. Because, see, he's not like us. And we'll play around with our kids. We'll play around with our kids. My grandkids can get me to do anything. My, my granddaughter asked me to, to uh, iron her T-shirt this morning. I'm like, you don't know I don't iron? You know what she did? She said, here's the T-shirt. I pulled out the ironing board and ironed it. took her to the mall yesterday so we go in and uh, the first store she goes in and she spends about two hundred dollars my money so it's okay so the second store we go in and she spends no the second store I said uh, she said can we stop in this store and I said yeah but we got to get back and she said okay but uh, I'm gonna stop in this one and that one and I said okay so she said and then I said you know you can't spend all money right but I think she took that the wrong way I think she took it as a dare I'm pretty sure she took that as, oh, you're daring me to spend your money, huh? You don't think I can buy enough stuff. <laughs> so I got her what she wanted. I could, I didn't, you can't say no. I couldn't say no. But I would have said no if she didn't say thank you. See, you got to be grateful for what you get. You know, we sing grateful, 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 grateful. We ain't grateful. We think God owes us something. We think people owe us something. Don't nobody owe you nothing. Don't nobody owe you something because your ancestors were slaves. They owe your ancestors, but they don't owe you. You ain't no slave. 
You're not a slave. Get over it. You're not going to be a slave if you stay in the United States. Now, if you go to some of these other countries or allow the United States to come become like these other countries, then, then you might, we might have to re-check, re re-look at that. But right now, our Constitution has freed slaves. It's illegal. They can't even change an act. I hate blinging, blinging things, leaping things. <laughs> stir up, learn to stir up the gift. There is, you have eternal life, you, you have healing. All of these things that God has given you is already on the inside of you. Stir it up. Now, the thing that happens when you stir it up, God is going to remind you what you need to do. He's going to take you back to that thing that he told you to do and you wouldn't do it. So sometimes stirring it up is being, well, not sometimes, all the time is you got to be obedient. You have to be obedient. You have to say the word. Watch what you say out of your mouth. I tell the ladies, I said, listen, you can't trust yourself to be quiet. Take one of those hair clips and clip it over your lips. And then when you get some common sense, make a tape of you confessing the word of God. And then next time you have to clip your lips closed, turn on the tape of you saying the word of God over yourself. Because you believe it when you say it faster than you believe it when Pastor Carrot tells you or anybody else tell you, when I tell you, or Bishop tell you. But if you hear yourself declaring the word of God over you, you believe it. Your spirit jumps. You get excited. So you're not just reminding God, you're reminding yourself of the promises of God. Just the song that we sung, the special music, Victory Belongs to Jesus. We need to change that second verse, Victory Belongs to Me. G victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to me because we are his body. We are attached to him. Anything that belongs to him belongs to us. We may need to become more conscious of that. And I know that you all know that because that's what the first thing out of Pastor Carrick's mouth when he came up is that we had a victory. But we need, to, we need to speak it and say it more. We should not be allowing Satan to beat us down where we feel like there is no hope. There is always hope. You have, you got Jesus. You got God. He's on your side. Stir him up. Stir him up. He's already there. If you don't stir him up, it's your fault. You can't bl blame Pastor Carrick. You can't blame Bishop. You can't blame me. You can't blame the staff. You already got it. And you had, you sit here. You don't have any more excuses. You already got it. You got the goods. Use them. Use what you got or you'll lose it. Because there's no stagnation in God. You're either going up or you're going down. So don't get satisfied. I'm there. Don't just see this as fire insurance which is really good that you're insured from going to hell. But you ain't got to live like hell down here. You can have heaven on earth by just stirring up the gift that God has given you.
I hope you enjoyed today's message. Thank you once again for tuning in today. Now, if you enjoyed the message, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, download our Faith Christian Center Georgia app, as well as follow us on social media. And if you want to partner with us as a ministry, you can text FCCJ to 73256. That's FCCJ to 73256. And you can give financially support this ministry and what we do here in the metro Atlanta area as well as all around the world. Once again, thank you for tuning in today, and I'll see you next time.